kind of like a nightmare. I feel like I don't really dream that often generally. Like, okay. I mean, I have dreams and stuff, but I don't remember them typically. Like they're not that vivid and they're not something that like sticks with me. Okay. Um, maybe once a month I have something like serious and vivid. But yeah, last night, no, no, no night before last, I woke up like 2 a.m. Uh, and I couldn't sleep. And like I went out and I smoked a bowl in my living room and like ate a little snack and hung out for like an hour and then went back to sleep. And sure. like when I went back to sleep, that's when it really happened. I think that's typical for me too. Like if I'm woken up in the middle of the night and then I go back into sleep, I feel like that's usually when I have the most vivid dream session. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah. I mean, this like last night kind of had me like tossing and turning. And so I think I kind of like woke up and went back to sleep and that might've played a little bit of a part. It's just wild. Mm-hmm. Honestly, this was kind of something I was now that I'm thinking about it, like as of a couple minutes ago, I think like this would be kind of an interesting thing to talk about. Like I think describing dreams can be kind of boring and we don't have to get too far into it. But like um, just like the the power of dreams, because that's yeah, that's the thing. I don't know. Like one of the whole reasons I've been. Oh, shit. <laughs> We're recording. Well, there we go. Yeah, I started it up. I thought it would be a good time. Dude, honestly, no, that's that's actually perfect. Um, No, just like one of the reasons why I was like trying to go to bed at a reasonable time and try to improve on that is I just feel like I haven't really been giving it my all with work lately. Hmm. Um, Like, I just feel like I haven't been totally on on the ball. I'm just not just not quite totally focused. Yeah. And so I'm like, I'm, I'm trying to. Right. And um. And yeah, it's just weird how like, you know, I basically I'm going to bed at like 11 p.m. waking up at like eight. You know, that's a pretty that's a pretty decent window of time. Yeah, that's pretty thick. Yeah, it's pretty thick. And like, I think that I can like I want to start waking up a little earlier because I feel like my days feel too short and I want to I want to leverage the mornings more. Mm -hmm. Um, But the point is, is just like it's just kind of crazy how like I I. I like take some sleep supplements. I take some theanine. I take some magnesium, uh, some melatonin, and then some sleepy time tea. Oh yeah. And like, I'm stacking it. Right. And usually I do that if I'm trying to correct my sleep schedule a little bit. And, um, and I like slept most way through the night, like a, a little waking up from the nightmare. But yeah, I just like, I have this, this really disturbing dream. And it's like, I wake up the next day and like, I've been going through my day, like, like I basically got four hours of sleep. Mm-hmm. Um, like it just wasn't high quality sleep, like at all. Yeah, you're too active in the dream for you to actually get good rest out of it. Like psychological I don't know what, rest. I don't know what the fuck it was, but it was like it was bad, man. And so yeah, like I don't know. I mean, the dream itself, like I said, I mean, describing dreams can be kind of like boring. So I'll be quick about it. But it was basically just like it was basically just like I was at my childhood house. And there was some weird little annoying neighbor kid, Mm. probably eight years old or something. And I don't know him. And he was causing a ruckus with some fireworks. And I remember telling myself like, oh, I should probably stop him from lighting these off. And then he lit one off and my whole (sighs) childhood home went up in flames. Oh, my God. Right. And um, 
And then it kind of turned out that this kid was like some kind of like little Kaczynski or something. Ooh, okay. And he was like, he was doing this intentionally, right? And mm. I just remember like in the dream watching the the house that I grew up in for like all of my, like I was lucky to like, my parents were divorced, but one of my parents lived in like one house my whole childhood. Yeah. And it was really, it was, I'm. that's like a privilege that I'm happy to have had. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I remember there was just like this despair that I felt. And then he just starts fucking with people in the neighborhood, like seriously hurting him. Oh, wow. And so I like killed him. <laughs> yeah. You know, and that was another thing that was really, that was really disturbing it was like, yeah, not only was it like I killed a kid in my dream, but also like, you know how people can shape shift in dreams? Like, oh yeah. Shit can just kind of shift in general. Like mm-hmm. he just like became Wallace, like my oh, dog. No. no, exactly. So I'm like smashing my dog against the God. wall. Like, it was fucked up. It was really This is such up. a nightmare. Yeah, it was really bad. And, and honestly, like, I feel like it was like a dreamy dream. You know what I mean? Yeah. Where like, where it's, it's not even one of those things of like, oh, like there was a scary monster and it killed my family. And all. it was like, no, it was like, for whatever reason, like my house burned down and it mm-hmm. like emotionally devastated me and then i killed my dog who was also a child and it's just like this is i don't know man and so i like i was just i was just not on it for like basically the whole day today i mean yeah that'll stop you in your tracks and twist you up dude it really did it like really fucking did and i'm honestly tonight i'm like i'm like to the point where i'm like you know I don't even necessarily need to go to bed at like a decent time tonight. I just like don't want to have a fucking nightmare. Like, yeah, I'm not going to make myself fucking be super good about bedtime, you know, or anything like that. I just like I just I just I just want to set myself up for success when it comes to the dream realm. You know, yeah, I feel that. Well, is there anything that you were doing before you went to sleep um, that was like keeping your mind active or anything? Uh, was well, Wallace you know, being an animal like, a little, you know, basically you know. most nights are basically the same and I know it's not ideal, but I basically just I basically play video games until I go to bed mm. and that's not ideal because you don't you kind of want to like really be cutting off, you know, screens probably two to three hours ahead of time. But I basically play up until my bedtime and then I get in bed and I, you know, I take my supplements, I get in bed and then I read. OK. Right? And, um, and the reading really helps knock me out. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but it, it, oh, it, it sounds like you're ready to knock out right now, dude. I know. Well, fucking a dude. I mean, it's like, I'm tired, <laughs> you know? Like, yeah. Um, no, but, uh, it, it, oddly enough, I, I, I wasn't, I wasn't really, um, as tired before going to sleep as normal last night. So. Hmm. Maybe that had a little something to do with it. I, I, um, I teach, um, I teach music lessons. Mm-hmm. Um, and I started a, with a new student yesterday. Oh, that'll um, get the mental gears turning. Yeah. Well, and that was one of the, that's one of the things that I do for work. Um, and I don't know why, but I went over to this kid's house yesterday and there was just like a weird fucking vibe. Oh, dude, that's probably part of it. Yeah. And well, no, exactly. I think that's kind of like kind of mining some of that stuff. Mm-hmm. And I just remember, I don't know what it was, but I was leaving this kid's house and at the and he 
went outside and he's hanging out with some of his little buddies at the end of the driveway. Like as soon as we're done with the with the, the lesson. Mm-hmm. And like these are like nice kids, right? Like it was it was like kind of Americana. It's like just little kids all hanging out in the in a cul-de-sac. Yeah, having a good time. That's and the shit. No, and they're being polite to me. But for whatever reason, walking up, it made me like anxious. I was mm. like, you know how like little kids can kind of just be fucking animals sometimes? Yeah, definitely. I like I like was I just really got reminded of that. And then I walked up and they're like totally nice. But I think it was just like there was something weird about his family. There was something weird about his house. And so I was a little on the defensive. And then, yeah, and then I end up having like a dream, which, you know, for all I know, the kid in the dream could have looked just like him. I don't totally remember. Hmm. Um, but um, but that yeah, man, it, it was fucked up. Yeah, dude, I feel like that's one thing that's crazy. There's a lot to unpack in in that dream, and I I wouldn't begin to know where to start. But like, that's the thing that's so interesting about dreams is that like it helps you process stuff throughout the day, but also it's linked into your subconscious and like old memories and everything. And so, and also you know it's linked into whatever netherworld kind of other stuff. And so it, it's just such a weird washing machine of like distorted memory and like fears and hopes and anxieties and it all kind of comes together into one like kaleidoscope and it can be it can be either really exhilarating in a dream or it can be like yeah just miserable and like set you up for a whole day of anxiety or being just kind of thrown off yeah man it's um there's something important about it's like wringing your mind. It's like your mind is a big wet rag and you're just kind of wringing it all out. Yeah. Right. And like, you don't know, you just don't know how much stuff is in there, you mm-hmm. know, and, and how complex it is and what the meaning of all of it is. Um, you know, one of the, you know, a really interesting experience that I had in the last year actually was when I went on like my big trip out of the country Um it was like, you know, one thing I've learned is as a as a traveler, I really like not having a big itinerary. Yeah. Um, and my wife does. Mm. And and I get it because it's like, oh, you know, like we've we spent all this money to be here, yada, yada. But it's like, I don't you know, I'm not I'm not at work right now. Right. You know, I don't want this to feel like a job. Mm-hmm. Right. So we're moving and we're moving and we're moving and we're moving. And, you know, of course, the the ben- the virtue of having an itinerary is that you never look back and go like, oh man, I wish I had, you know, got a little more in. And so I'll grant her that if she's listening, but <laughs> if she's not listening, then fuck you. No, uh, <laughs> you fucking bitch. Um, I do not condone that. If you're listening. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, but um, what the fuck was I saying? I was saying, um, no, but there was one day where 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 uh, she went off and kind of did some stuff, and I just stayed back, right? Mm-hmm. And I fucking just just hung out where we were staying, and I didn't sleep. I couldn't sleep. I literally just like laid in bed and stared at the fucking wall, mm-hmm. and I and I and this was this was wild. And I think about this often because I feel like this has genuinely changed how I think about the human mind. I physically felt the sensation of of just my brain working through stuff. And mm-hmm. it was like that, like just wringing out a wet rag or a sponge mm-hmm. where I was like, I have taken in so much information 
and and I'm just going to lay here and actually give myself a sec to process it and work through it. And and it and there was a physical sensation of this that I felt. Yeah, definitely. It, it was I wild. know the sensation. What was that? I think I know the sensation you're talking about. Yeah, and I don't doubt it. Honestly, I feel like probably most people do. I think it's just a matter of if 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 people have the skills to kind of slow down and kind of put a name to what they're feeling, mm-hmm. or just the time to even get there in the first place. Yeah, definitely. Oh well, well for sure. Yeah. Um, and that's one nice thing about like my current job is that I have, you know, plenty of time to, to think about that shit. But, but anyways, I mean, I don't know, dreams, man. It's, um, I, I, you know, I personally think that they've got, um, a lot of capacity to have, you know, true profound meaning, mm-hmm. you know, there's been things I'm, I'm convinced that I've had dreams where I've been exposed to information that I did not previously know before the dream. Yes. That yeah. as if there's, there's information in the dream is not just being mined from what's already in your mind. Mm-hmm. Um, mind, yeah. mind. <laughs> um, <laughs> and yeah, I mean, I think that there's probably something about, you know, reaching out to something, that's beyond just material reality. Yeah. I think you connect with the, like, I think there's a couple of different levels of like nested hierarchies. For instance, I think you're probably connecting with your own subconscious in dreams. I know you are. I know you're also connecting with like a collective unconscious, I think as well, like humans share. And I think they'd also connect into like a further, like into like the Akashic record or into like, you know, the luminous, luminiferous ether, like kind of like this additional realm where there's like pure information, like there's not matter and there's not, you know, whatever, it's just info basically. And I think that that's kind of like, you know, kind of a baseline the level internet. that, yeah, you, you connect to the internet when you're dreaming. The, yeah. You've heard of the internet of things. Now there's the internet of souls. Dude, that's actually real on everything. <laughs> I believe that for sure. Um, but yeah, dude, I think there's something to dreams. I think that people have been fixated with them like throughout all of time, trying to either recount what their dreams were, figure out what they meant. They either thought that they were like premonitions um, or like they were speaking with God or whatever. I mean, I think a lot of religious um kind of like mystics and stuff a lot of the communication and stuff like that if they're going to be people who um kind of have visions or hear things and not apophatic if they're those kind of people it's typically through a dream state um Mm. they receive these things and so like i think that there's a i think it's like a time when the channel receiver you have in your brain that typically is tuned into living rational conscious reality is like kind of fuzzier um, and it maybe can kind of skip back and forth. And so you might pick up some sort of, you know, some sort of alternate type of realities, or you might pick up something that's beyond typical everyday reality, um, just by happenstance or sometimes through intention. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think like, even just like, maybe you, one interesting thing to think about is like, is like, um, being in proximity to other people mm-hmm. and what effect that can have on you. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, like um like you're a lint roller kind of just 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 going through the world picking stuff up yeah right you're like you're like katamari and like um and like just kind of like what kind of energy you're picking up from other people around you 
um unknowingly and then you just have these fucking crazy dreams that's just like you know what the fuck like how how did i even think about that and maybe you're not even like picking up something from your own experience at all yeah it was the dude that you brush shoulders with like at the store or whatever right Mm -hmm. yeah i could see something like that dude i've had some pretty profound dreams in my life that have led me to believe that they, they they can connect you to other other realms that are maybe i don't know maybe just connection of your own deep subconscious or maybe it's like actually something that's more significant beyond that but i think there's something there definitely um like one time i had a like i had a friend that passed away um and it was pretty traumatic it was like a whole thing and like a few weeks after his death i had a dream and it was like i i I don't dream that often that i remember we kind of mentioned that earlier Mm -hmm. um so whenever i do have a dream it's typically significant in one way or another either like you know, it's me trying to unpack some sort of psychological trauma or anxiety that's going on through the day or whatever. Mm-hmm. And in this, I will admit it could definitely be that, but it was like super lucid, super lifelike. And uh, I was like in a crowded place and I saw my friend who had passed away or someone that looked like him off in the distance. And I was like, whoa, that looks like so-and-so, but I know he couldn't be here because he's passed. And then he came walking right up to me uh, and it was just like, hey, dude, good to see you. I'm good. I hope you're well, blah, blah. And then like kept going on because he had to keep it moving. Um, And like, that was like a really meaningful thing to me. That was just something I needed in that moment. And I don't know if it's like, you know, I did it for myself and my subconscious, or if that was like, you know, God knew that I needed something like some sort of, you know, push in the right direction. And so kind of tinkered with my, my mental capacities in that moment or whatever it was. And so I think that there's stuff like that, like, where you I mean, can do you get think real it meaning. actually was your friend? Um, I don't really know. I I've, I don't know that that's really the important. I, I don't think that it was like his physical. I don't think it was him. Yeah, um, yeah. But like, I think that it was his essence, probably. Sure. Or his energy. That was well, I think you were around. just going to say it's not super important. And I, I think I agree with that. Yeah. Too. Yeah. But yeah, I've had things like that. I think you can get serious and real transcendent meaning from dreams if it's something you know that's beyond reality or not um that's kind of doesn't really matter i think you can still pull stuff that like you said information that you might need or that was maybe not available to you or that you weren't processing correctly well yeah it's interesting to think about like how many inventions do you think throughout history were ideas that people got you know from oh yeah Mm -hmm. you know and that's and that's another crazy thing to think about too is like Dreams are a historical constant. People mm-hmm. have always dreamed. Mm-hmm. And think about think about the way that that's just like forms the dialectical, uh, you know, factor that that plays. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. it, it's I don't know. It's interesting. Yeah, dude. And like people have been trying to draw, you know, on cave walls what they've been dreaming or what they've been seeing in altered states of consciousness, which I think dreaming is like would be considered an altered state of consciousness. Mm-hmm. And I think that it's like a meditation. Yeah. And of a sort and a lot of stuff, as far as like you said, inventions, but also just like philosophical ideas and mm-hmm. like ethical ideas and stuff like that have come from altered states of consciousness or meditations or whatever. You could say almost a lot of uh, mystical stuff is from altered states of consciousness. Oh, 100% tons of it. Um, so it's interesting. Like, I don't know what that is, but I think that's one of the great mysteries. Like 
one of the reasons why materialist science is fucked um, because it can't account for consciousness, human consciousness, and like that experience of being like open to something greater than just. Dude, what like, are you talking about, dude? It's just a brain in a jar. Yeah, dude. <laughs> and everything I see out there is actually just inside my brain. Dude, actually, have you ever seen the movie um, The Matrix? <laughs> have you ever yeah. seen? Yeah, you know the Wachowskis. They feel they probably got things pretty, uh, uh, pretty uh, figured out. Yeah, dude, they're real mentally stable. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 they got they got some they got some firm, uh, sensible answers. <laughs> That's so crazy, dude. So true. Yeah, I mean, you can't trust these people. But moving on, <laughs> we had a nice intro there about dreams, and then we got into a quick little bit of bashing. For dude, hit the theme. Oh yeah, that's a perfect time. You just said these people. These people are sick. Yeah, this, is this one goes out to the Wachowski. Very, very sick individual. <laughs> these people are the sickest of them all. These people are sick. They are sick, and you better get used to hearing it. These people are sick. There it is. We're back. Maybe, uh... All right, now into regular scheduled programming, people. Okay, so I have to say, I, I've been thinking about this this lately. Um, I think that Israel and Palestine are going to be uh, really great for the podcast. Mm. Hear me out here. All right. Because um, because it's just all the news now. Yeah. That's just all that the news is. Mm-hmm. It's just Israel and Palestine. And like, listen, I don't really want to die in a nuclear war. I would really I would hope that that doesn't happen. Um. But um, but I think what it's going to do is that this is this is going to make it so that we just don't really need to feel any pressure to talk about politics because there's only so much that we're going to talk about. Right. We kind of did this with Ukraine also. Right. Yeah. Where it was just like everything's Ukraine. Everything's Ukraine. What are we going to say about Ukraine this week? You Mm -hmm. know, Um, and every week we talk about it, we qualify it by just being like, oh, hey, I mean, I know we talked about this already, but (laughs) here we go again, I guess. Like, fuck Israel and Palestine, you know, fucking, we're a dreams-based podcast now. Yeah, yeah, we're in the mystical realm now. Exactly. (laughs) Um, So, I'm wearing my fucking St. John of the Cross medal right now. Oh, very timely. Yeah, dude, we're taking the mystic pill. Dude, I'm big on the mystic pill. I've been heavily in the mystic pill, like, the past couple of years. Really? Um, yeah, I think that, like, I never knew anything about the Desert Fathers or, like, any of, like, the older history of the church and stuff because I was brought up uh, Protestant and it's pretty, like, you know, post-Reformation is really what's important. Yeah. And so I didn't really get a lot of, like, that older uncut OG shit, you know, with, like, people, like, um, St. Anthony and, like, St. John of the Cross and, like, just all these other people a long long history of people um specifically like early on in christianity who were very mystical um in their understandings of you know just of what god is and you know just everything like that and i think that delving back into reading some of that stuff was really what kind of helped me step back into the the faith um, or at least open me up to it in a little bit more receptive way, because yeah. I think contextualize I'm someone... it. I, yeah, definitely. yeah. For, for like for me, not to not to not to cut you off, but just to kind of expand on that because I relate there. Like, 
you know, this is like a big thing for my wife of like, my wife was like really into like pagan stuff, which Mm -hmm. I feel like you probably got kind of a sense of a little bit. I don't know. It's not like we had a ton of time with you, but I picked up on it a little bit. Yeah. And, and then kind of this realization, right. Of just being like, Oh shit. A lot of that stuff exists within the Catholic church, which, you know, I mean, you don't say it out loud too much. And this is a thing that Protestants, you know, give us a hard time about, but like a lot of this, like a lot of this fun, like kind of colorful, goofy shit, right? It's just the church just kind of just showing up, you know, in some shit kickers country and just being like, hey, you guys shouldn't do this. And they're like, well, we're going to keep doing this. And they're like, all right, well, just like say it's for Mary and we're going to just say it's all right. You know, yeah, they incorporated it into their faith. Exactly. Right. And mm-hmm. um, and and I the, my point in saying that is just like I like what you're saying, like. I think uh, I think just kind of like discovering that a lot of this stuff exists within the tradition um, kind of gives it. I know for her, it was just kind of like um, it's like coming to it as the person, you know, you are and just kind of being like, oh, like I have I have my own way of valuing this tradition now that, you yeah. know, maybe uh, wouldn't have been sold to me when I was a kid. I mean, the, st- the way we, you know, Christianity is sold to normies a lot of the time is just really sanitized and boring, you know? Mm-hmm. And yeah. like, I know like mystic mysticism is a great example of just like, it's more colorful, you yeah. know, and interesting. And it kind of meets you where you are and mm-hmm. stuff, you know, you're interested in, you know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think that, I think that like a lot of Western Christianity is pretty, um, rationalistic and based on like the rational mind, um, yes. and kind of legalistic, um, and I think there's a lot of different reasons for that that we don't need to get into, but I think that that's just kind of what it's like. And especially in Protestant churches are very much like that. And, um, it's honestly, not... that's why I'm not like super big into Aquinas, to be honest, is yeah. like, like Aquinas is neat, you know, and mm-hmm. I know he's like really popular, but it's just like, I don't, I don't really need like, it's interesting sometimes, but like, I don't need a rational argument for the existence of God. That's not mm-hmm. what I'm going to this for, you know? Yeah, I mean, I think some people do, and I think it's good for them. I think everyone kind of needs to approach it in whatever road uh, is best suited for them to walk. And so I think true. that's something that I didn't really, I didn't really understand, or I didn't really see that there were different roads. And it's not that people weren't showing it to me or whatever. I just, I don't think I was ready for it, and I don't know if maybe I was given the right, the right outlets. Um, but anyhow, I'm someone who needs like a little bit more of like experience like I, I think I'm like pretty high on empiricism hmm. um, where I think that like you know personal experience is pretty important and I think that I've kind of always been like looking for that kind of a little bit more or like kind of been in like a seeking kind of state um, like even since I was small I was like started like looking into like other stuff like into like Buddhism and like Eastern traditions and stuff like that just looking for like a more kind of direct experience correlation Mm -hmm. um and then kind of like just through like doing a bunch of psychedelics and stuff like that like and seeing the way that the mind operates in open space and like you know these other realms that we're talking about with the dreams and everything um that kind of was like you know i was looking for something that could kind of speak to that a little bit more and like the more rationalistic kind of christianity that i was brought up in like had nothing for that and when you start to look into like um just like stuff in ancient traditions about like you know meditation and how that can strengthen the mind and connect one to god or connect one to um 
you know, the ether or into Brahmin or whatever you want to call it in different traditions, um, stuff like that. And so I was like, I was hungry for that, but I was brought up Christian. And so that's what's like speaks to me at a cultural level. And I think that's what I'm kind of what uh, my path is, but I didn't see that anywhere in that tradition. And then kind of being opened up to like St. Anthony and the desert fathers, kind of like the earlier mystics in the church and that tradition uh, kind of really like changed my perspective on it. I think maybe the first kind of thing I read, I went to this big Catholic basilica um, here in, in the city I live in. And I picked up this free book that was in there about Francis of Assisi. Mm-hmm. And I was reading about him. And I, like when I was in the church, I felt very moved. Um, this was like two and a half years ago. And like, had a very strange, just like immediate urge to like go to confession. And I like never been, I wasn't Catholic or anything, but like, that was just like, it just kind of felt like that was what I should do at that time. Sure. Um, and so anyways, I'm in this, I'm in there and I found this book. I'm like, I'm going to read this. So I sat down and read some and ended up taking it home and reading over it and like seeing like kind of his more direct experience um, of kind of what he experienced like Christ and God as and how he kind of thought to embody it was a little bit more of like a um, direct experience that I was looking for that I didn't see in a lot of other stuff. And so then I started looking more into, you know, saints, old saints and mystics and stuff that like the Protestant tradition just doesn't really have at all. Um, and so that kind of was, that was a big part of it. Um, and then just kind of like reading some more like modern day and more mystical people like Thomas Merton and stuff where they're kind of like working even with like, you know, in, within the sixties kind of like psychedelic era. And so it's kind of all, it was an interesting time. It was around Vatican II, So there was some movement happening, which is good or bad, whatever you want to think about it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, good qualifier there. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We got we got people we got people listening just like just finger hovering over the unsubscribe button. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But either way, it opened up a, a way of viewing and engaging with the faith that was a little bit more of a living tradition. Yes. It felt like to me. Um, and then I like kind of kept reading into that and more into like Christian Christian mystics and like meditation within it, and found out about like um, the Jesus Prayer, um, which is an Eastern Orthodox. Christianity and stuff like that, which are kind of like, like the prayer of the heart, um, too, which is kind of just like essentially meditation, basically, um, where you're just kind of like opening yourself up and letting God do the work. And you're trying not to like, you're not thinking you're not like, you know, it's just, you're letting the river of thoughts roll by and everything. Um, and so, yeah. And then I got into that and like started reading more about that and about like centering prayer, which is kind of like the more modern modernized version of that anyways and so it just kind of showed me like there's there's a more of a direct relationship uh and route within the christian tradition that i didn't really know about um and something that i needed i think for my just from the way that i'm programmed and i think that just learning about the mystical stuff a little bit more kind of opened me up to that yeah man i think like i think unboomerifying um the faith is like kind of a big, it's just kind of a big thing. It's really helpful. Um, Mm -hmm. And I mean, that was, that was a big thing for me. And, and for me, it goes in phases and and I'm going to be kind of an asshole when I say this, but like, um, like for me, uh, it, it goes, you know, you have your independent experience with it where you're like, Oh man, there's like, 
it's like a lot more contours and nuance and meat on this bone than I, you know, previously thought. Right. And then, you know, uh, and you can, and you kind of grow in that. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and that's a big hurdle to, to, to climb over. And then you have another kind of hurdle you need to go over, which is once you start regularly attending church or, you know, at least for me, when you start regularly attending church and you start seeing like, oh, but still that kind of like vanilla ice cream boomer Americanized take, even in Catholic churches, right, is still like what a lot of the people that I'm going to church still hold, Mm -hmm. you know? And yeah. so I'm so I'm going every I'm going every week and like we go to Norvis Ordo, right? We go to non Latin mass mm-hmm. most of the time. We have the ability to go to 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 Latin mass, but um and um and it's just and it, it kind of becomes that thing of like, well, you know, I'm I'm surrounded by people that kind of have this, you know, I guess kind of a little a little dorkier, a little more square view of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, you don't want to get, um, you don't want to get like a big head about it. And especially cause like, I'm still so early in my formation. Yeah. Right. It's like, I don't have the right to judge anybody about it. Right. I mm-hmm. mean, I mean, I don't want to go that far. Like I can, I can have my opinions. Right. And one of the things that I feel, I've talked to my brother about this because he was a convert in the last few years. It's like, I feel like, um, I feel like as someone that comes from the secular world, you also have something to really um, contribute, which is like, which is like understanding just how dark it is in that like outer darkness out there. Yeah, of course. Right. Mm-hmm. And because I think people, people that, that have just lived their whole lives in the faith really don't appreciate that. Mm-hmm. And they can understand that like, Oh man, like, you know, secular culture is, is, can be sinful and, and all of that stuff. But it's like, no, like it's like, you're like the target of ethnocide, you mm-hmm. know, and you should like kind of understand that. Um, but again, it's, it's a, it's a line to, to walk, you know, but, but that is, that has definitely been a big thing for me. It's like, and, and, you know, and this is the whole thing is that it's, it's not like a destination. It's, it's a journey. Right. right? Yeah. But just kind of understanding like, oh man, like I thought like, when I would start going to church, it would be finished. And then like, oh, I thought when I got baptized and confirmed, it would be finished. And it's like, no, like, you know, there's like, you know, every every couple of weeks, you know, I'll show up to mass and, and just like kind of look to my wife and be like, there is so much fucking singing. What is going <laughs> on with the amount of singing right now? Why? Is, you know what I mean? Like, honestly, we're talking about like meditation and stuff like that. Like, uh-huh. that's one thing that I love about Latin mass is that it's meditative. And it's mm-hmm. silent. I mean, it's not silent. Like he's like, he's like up there talking in Latin. Right. But like you're sitting there meditating for like an hour in a room full of other people. Mm-hmm. And like, I feel like you can really create something there. There's like an, enough negative space, you know, in almost kind of a, in kind of a Han way. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and so then sometimes, you know, you go to Norvis Ordo and that's where all the people are. Right. Mm-hmm. But it's like, good Lord. Like, you know, I don't all the space I have to be alone with my thoughts and meditate is being taken up by this fucking rain stick that this lady is playing. <laughs> well, um, I think that that's kind of part of it, though, right? It's like um, the, in that moment, like, I guess in this one, it's not Latin and specifically in any type of like worship or uh, communal communal gathering mm-hmm. is a lot of it is the communion. 
um, that you're getting, you know, not the communion as in like the actual, but the community, wine, but the community. Yeah. And like, yes. you know, fellowship that you're gaining. And so I think that like, not to be pushing back too much here or anything. Cause like, I definitely, you know, the point you're making up. is perfect, but like, yeah, I think that the, the time for the quiet meditative time is, is on personal time or, you know, when you go to the Latin mass or whatever, but there's also like, this is an important aspect of the faith as well that you can get through community. And like, there's also with the singing, which I know can kind of be a little bit uh droll or something. Yeah. But at the same time, the singing is something that's been like a tradition for thousands of years. And it's something that over time they have kind of morphed. But what it traditionally is, is like a way of getting everyone on the same frequency kind of at the same time with their vocal stuff. And there's like a lot of power in group singing and like getting together a group voice and all harmonizing like that there's a like there's a lot of power that can happen from that that's absolutely like significant and so that's something like that's something else that like you know the the more ritualistic trappings of the church are things that like i didn't get a lot of in the protestant as well i mean we had group singing but it was like alternative rock you know christian music or whatever <laughs> right what is that what is the hank hill line it's like you're not making uh you're not making uh uh like uh rock or faith better you're just like making rock worse or i forget yeah, I totally making both kind of worse yeah i should i shouldn't i shouldn't quote shit if i can't remember it but yeah you know what i mean yeah i know what you're saying for sure but i think that like that's something too like i think back in the day there was like i think some of the stuff that they were doing with like singing together in a group there was like powerful physical effects that come from that um, and like the type of vowels and the type of things that they were saying and like the sounds they were making were very intentional. Dude, it makes me of think of like, like, like how ohm kind of can mm-hmm. create that frequency that kind of just Big like time. releases shit in your brain a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's I think that the Christian tradition has that as well. And they're built into the hymns. And I think that a lot of them are not as traditional anymore. And so I think we've gotten away from that a little bit. Um, but I think that that's a lot of what it was originally. And like, if you look at the specs of the ancient cathedrals, especially mm-hmm. in Europe, all the major ones that were built like in the dark ages and stuff like that, a lot of them were built to very specific geometric, um, very exacting things. Yeah. Very exacting in order to make a certain harmonic resonance whenever you do sing with a human voice. In well, there. that was so, like the, we have a basilica in, uh, we have a big old cathedral in um, in Seattle, and I mm-hmm. went there um, for uh, for the um, uh, oh gosh, what do you call it? It's like the christening mass or, or whatever. Mm-hmm. I, I, I should I should know these things if I'm talking about it. But anyways, went there and it's like honestly, kind of to what you were talking about. It's it's like it's very moving just to be inside there. It, it yeah. makes me think of that of, about that scene. I think it's literally the first episode of The Sopranos um, where they're sitting in the cathedral, you know, and his daughter is like um, she's like he no, he's talking to his daughter and he's like, you know, our like, you know, your grandfather came to this country and you know, your ancestors were the only people that could make shit like this. Yeah. And they like helped build this place and you like look at it and like, there is like, you look at that and then you look at the opposite, which mm-hmm. is basically cube houses that Fucked. are, that are hyper, um, that are like hyper 
um, utilitarian, right? Mm-hmm. There's no waste and there's no aesthetic flair, right? Whatever aesthetic like flair. What was that? They put them together like Ikea furniture and it takes no skill. Yeah, exactly. Right. And like, um, and there is something like really beautiful about just like taking the wealth of a people and devoting it towards a symbolic pursuit. Right. Definitely. And, and like, I, you know, I've had like, there's like distant relative. I feel like everybody kind of has this to a certain extent of like, you know, you have like, maybe you're like, you're kind of distant relatives. You're not super close with. And maybe some of them are like, kind of wealthy or something you go you go visit them and they definitely live very differently than you and i i had this with some out-of-state relatives and a couple of them like lived on a fucking golf course and they live in this big mcmansion and it's like we barely ever see them i don't really have anything in common with these people and it always felt ugly to me you know and and kind of distasteful and there's something different about like the big cathedrals and the bit, you know what I mean? Because it's like, it's not about like comfort, you know what Mm -hmm. I mean? It's like, it's like serving something besides us. Mm -hmm. Now, obviously it's pleasurable to, to be there and be inside of it. And, you know, I'm sitting there and people they're singing and there's good singing. I'll concede that. (laughs) And the fucking acoustics are mind blowing. Yes. And, um, and, you know, obviously like, you know, a big cathedral and, in you know seattle washington is is not exactly the oldest piece of western tradition right i mean we're kind of the end of the project here but (laughs) um but like you know while you're sitting in there that like this is this is you know there there are there are tons of other buildings just like this one that were built hundreds of years ago Mm -hmm. right and it's how fucking mind blowing that is. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. I, I'm not necessarily going anywhere with that, but just, I do think that the, um, I know that, you know, most of my family isn't Catholic. Um, but like, you know, and, and talking to them, I know I was talking to my mom and she was like, Oh, you know, it's pretty gaudy. You guys are into some pretty gaudy <laughs> stuff. Right. And not gaudy with an O right. Yeah, it's yeah. like kind of over the top. Mm-hmm. and it's like but i like that right yeah. like there's something i don't know Well, that's but, another thing too that's like that's what i like about like seeing the catholic faith from a different perspective it's like mm-hmm. it's showing that that is uh a tradition that is alive within the, the christian faith like that it's not all about just strict uh asceticism like it's not all just about like you know just a bare cross and white walls and you know you know that kind of shit like you can also have exuberance you can also have transcendent beauty and joy and you can enjoy those things and you can like really um you know pay tribute to those things and see them as a gift from god and use them as a way to glorify him and stuff like that whereas i feel like a lot of you know other kind of sects can see it as like um you know you you need to abstain from anything that's too you know going to bring you too much joy or like anything that's going to be too gaudy or over the top and stuff like that because it's not a good form and like that's kind of a a thing i feel like that's pretty um baked into like a post-reform christianity like that's where you get stuff like puritans and stuff where they're just dressing in pure white or whatever right the kind of asceticism yeah and i think that that's one thing that like the eastern orthodox and the catholics do well is that they're like no it's not really all about that i mean they're if you want to do that you can go be a monk and you can live in one of the more strict orders and you can do that um but there's also room for appreciation of beauty 
um, because that's how, you know, God wants us to interface with him and see him through beauty uh, and things that are wondrous. Otherwise, like, why would he want us not to enjoy him? You know, 100%, 100%. And like, I, I, I like, I think, honestly, I like a little bit of both. You know what I mean? Yeah, of course. I, I, I like a little bit of both. I, I, I think, I think in my personal life, kind of like you were talking about where it's like, when you're like, par- when you're like engaging in the communal part of the faith, then like, mm-hmm. you know, put up with the singing, like engage a little bit. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but then like when I'm by myself, I think those like kind of quiet, you know, especially, especially with how easy it is to get kind of sensory overload these days. Yeah. I think it's good to kind of have that all right, I'm going to kind of not inundate myself and take every chance I can at pleasure. And I'm going to take things a little slow. Mm-hmm. And, you know what I mean? Um, mm-hmm. I, I think that I think that, well, and honestly, I think that that asceticism for that exact reason has a lot of potential to speak to normies in today's days. world. Definitely. Yeah, just really speaking to people where they are now, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that. I think that there's like a lot that can be done. It's positive through that. I think that for a long time um, in like past centuries, that was maybe kind of given a little bit too much of importance, mm-hmm. um, the aesthetic kind of life. And I think that after uh, Vatican II, which we talked about earlier, they kind of changed it. So where it's not so strict in a lot of the orders and stuff like that, and we're kind of modernized. Um, but I think that like, Right now is maybe a time when people need kind of a strict asceticism more than ever, but it needs to be kind of balanced and moderate in a way, which doesn't even really make sense to say that. But you need to have burst of it. It needs to be like you need to be able to have asceticism, um, but not that's like imposed from top down most of the time. It's something that's a choice because, you know, you're nested within a hierarchy and you're trying to do this to get close to God, but not because someone's like, you have to do this. Well, yeah. I mean, I think one of the big things is like, I think that a lot of, of these ritual behaviors and things like that have a lot of, have a lot of potential these days, because now that we've kind of lived in a secular society for a little while, people have kind of reverse engineered these traditions. <laughs> in kind of Paris. Well, right. And kind of figured out why they were there in the first place by struggling with the the end results of of shying away from them. You know what I mean? I think about honestly, one of the first things that comes to mind is like uh, people struggling with, uh, you know, pornography use. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, I think that there's like a a reason for for kind of like the, the moral teachings around that stuff as as they originally were. Oh, yeah. Um. God, I mean, it's Sam not Harris, healthy, dude. dude. It's like crazy to me that I like at any point ever thought that Sam Harris was an intelligent person. Dude, that's the thing. I <laughs> I never even heard about him. I've never read any of his shit firsthand. I've only ever like I know who he is because of people talking about him like in a negative light. Yeah, just um, shitting on and, him. And that's how I was introduced to him. And then I went in to see what he was about, and I was like, oh yeah, um, yeah. This guy but yeah, dude, sucks, dude. He's basically just kind of reinventing you know, spirituality and spiritual practices, but without the spirituality aspect of it. Um, and is trying to kind of secularize real, like religious traditions because they actually are, believe it or not, or I guess like lo and behold, whatever you want to say there, they're actually effective and they actually help to improve quality of life. And these are things that people have been doing for millennia and millennia and have been baked into religious tradition for a reason, because myths and religion and that kind of thing 
last the test of time. That's what really sticks in people's psychology. And so you can bake in well-being and like how to be like just it's a, a path for living a more healthy life. All of these traditions typically in their own cultural respects. And so like, yeah, there's going to be a lot of positive stuff you can get through meditation, through singing with others, through community connection, through fasting, through pilgrimages, through hikes in nature, connection with nature, through gratitude, appreciation of those around you, stuff like that. All of these things that are like baked in um, into all religious traditions, mostly most of the tr- more true ones. Um, those are <laughs> most of most of the more <laughs> true ones. <laughs> Well, you know, I mean, not like flying spaghetti monster bullshit and not also like... Oh, you're not a pastafarian? Yeah, no, I'm not into that gay shit, no. Um, But yeah, I mean, I think that Reddit gold to you, sir. (laughs) But yeah, I think that there's like a lot of like actual scientifically proven benefits that people get. And like, we've now been trying to research it over the past hundred years in like a secular scientific way. And people are realizing, oh, wait, these are actually all good for your quality of life. And then they're finding that people that live religious lives have a higher quality of life and higher like level of happiness across the board typically as well. And it's because a lot of these more ritual beliefs and also a connection with something greater than yourself, etc. Um, and so it can't be stripped completely from the actual soul and spirit that's, you know, kind of informing all of it. But that's why people like Sam Harris and whatnot are trying to secularize these because they still can't jive with the spirit and they, they don't really want to, they don't want to do that. It's outside their materialist framework. Dude, Sam Harris it, treats meditation like hot wiring a fucking car, dude. It's so like, gay. It's like, it's like that. It's like the shit of people just being like, Oh man, I just really need serotonin. And like when people talk like that, like it's a meme. Yeah. It's like, bro, shut the fuck up, dude. Go for a run, bitch. Like, uh-huh. I don't know. It's, it's an, it's annoying how people just talk. I hate that. I hate, the just jokifying like oh the human brain you know oh i I, you know ah i don't know i hate it Mm -hmm. people put too much emphasis on the human brain the human brain's not really shit the human brain brain sucks dude fuck yeah yeah all my homies hate the human brain (laughs) (laughs) that's like the meme with like the, the different brain uh activity stages where it's like going from like smart to even smarter into like mega based and like mega mind explosion right right um mega mind is just is just is just the brain is gay who 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 even cares about mega mind is going beyond the brain because the brain is just like a a cheap rube dude the brain is a cheap rube fuck the brain Mm -hmm. yeah dude um dude i'm dude all my homies love pinky not the brain Um, yeah, dude, hands, fucking feet, fucking body, fucking the ether around you, dude, all of that. Um, one thing I do want to say about Sam Harris while we're here, because we've, we've kind of ended, ended into this corner. Well, here. I think people have really been waiting for us to finally break our silence on Sam Harris. You know what I mean? <laughs> well, Sam Harris is gay. Um, yeah, but one thing confirmed, I had sex with him. Oh, really? How was it? Uh, he was he was a selfish lover. He was. Yeah, I could see that. <laughs> um, not enough gratitude and stuff like that. Honestly, really <laughs> exactly. <understand>. <laughs> exactly <dude. laughs> uh, but one of my favorite authors as of recent, uh, Rupert Sheldrake, he's someone that I've mentioned on here before, um, but he's like a biophysicist and stuff like that who was like studied um, 
plant biology and like how living things get their form and stuff like that. Anyhow, he has a book um, where he's talking about science and spiritual practices, um, just like kind of backing up all the spiritual traditions that people do. Um, but with science, like after showing like, oh, there's actually been a lot of studies done on this and it shows that this is actually positive and a verifiable way. Anyways, he uh, he has a line about fucking Sam Harris where he talks about um, Sam Harris thinks that you don't have to have spirit to meditate um, and or that you don't have to believe in the spirit to be a good meditator. And what I have to say to him is just keep meditating because <laughs> it's like eventually, you know, if you actually are doing it correctly, you're going to have a, an experience that opens you up to something that's more than material and more than mind. Um, and so eventually, you know, that that'll happen. And then to that, and, Sam Harris would just do the annoying, uh, the annoying person calm voice. He'd be like, I would just say that your brain is playing tricks on you and what you may think. No, anyways, I, re I read his book about free will and it was dog shit. It was genuinely dog shit. That was actually the first that after I read his book about free will and I read it like, like with the full intention of being like, yeah, dude, Sam Harris is cool. Like I like his videos on YouTube and I read it and I was like, oh, this is, this is retarded. This is fucking retarded. I like, I don't, it just, it seems, it seems kind of obvious to me that like when you think about the philosophical point of whether or not free will exists, you know, uh, hooking somebody's fucking brain up to a machine and scanning that shit to see if shit's firing off is like completely, is basically completely irrelevant to the conversation. Mm -hmm. And just like reducing the conversation to that kind of just just really just proves that you're just like somebody who just like doesn't doesn't isn't actually very thoughtful no dude that's tier one thought at best dude like he's not doing well on that level that's like it's that's like, like that's like guy who constantly gets uh gets his his uh, girlfriend or wife mad at him because she's upset and he's just and he's just always like well babe the solution is this and he just never <laughs> learns that it's always going to make her mad yeah 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 he's like i gotta figure it out baby we can fix this yeah exactly. well, um, actually uh, you know. <laughs> yeah, he's well yeah. actually his way out of some pussy <laughs> exactly <laughs> you know if hunter biden had dead kids in his uh then i should get some pussy um yeah, yeah that's it, the problem with like sucks. the whole the whole materialist framing of like life and understanding the cosmos is that it's essentially like they think that they can understand everything from just the, its parts. Like things aren't just the sum of their parts. There's something else there. Like there, there, it's not, you can't just take apart um, a building and look at all the bricks and say, I know exactly what this building looked like. Cause I'm looking at a pile of bricks. Like the bricks will tell you what the building was made of mm. and like what the purpose those bricks served, but it's not going to tell you the actual design on the blueprint of the fucking brick of the building. And that's like what these people are trying to do with life. Like they're trying to break it down into chemicals and it's trying to break it down into like, you know, cells and all this different shit. And it's like, yeah, that's like a good way of understanding the mechanisms at play here, but that's not actually telling you what life is. You're just understanding the small individual component parts of it. And like, when you put them all together, you're still missing whatever that extra essence is there. And you'll never be able to account for it because like, you're not looking at the whole picture of things. I mean, honestly, these motherfuckers are just like, are just like really short sighted. And they like, they also just like, 
never uh pay pay mind to the fact that like science existed for most of history within the church like the right. person who came up with the concept of the big bang was a fucking catholic priest right yeah um and and you know what they've gotten they've had it a little too good now for a little too long i say i say we bring it back to the church and yeah. we take the science away well there needs um, to be a melding of science and religion and spirituality 100% and i don't think that it needs to be something i mean that i like i kind of Unless I, unless I'm, I might be misunderstanding, but I almost feel like that's what they're doing, and I kind of hate it. Like I, mm-hmm, I kind of, mm-hmm. I kind of just like more the idea of just like science is just kind of like a tool, and it's like great, right? But like it doesn't, it can, it can just be a separate sphere, you know? Like it doesn't, it doesn't need to have the capacity to answer philosophical uh, concepts. Yeah, I don't think I mean like I think I mean that they need to be. Um, understood as complementary. Yes. Yeah. Like where there is like, they're both kind of trying to answer the same questions, but they're answering them from different angles. And that by taking both angles, you can kind of see a broader picture of what's actually going on. And that one doesn't have to necessitate, necessitate the, um, you know, the other one's wrong. You know, if one is right, doesn't mean the other is wrong. They can both be partial pictures of the same thing. And like, I think that, we're moving in a direction where like science is going and questioning like where, where science is opening up on the frontier of like actual scientific thought and not like people doing fucking tests on MRNA vaccines, but like people <laughs> who are like trying to understand new types of matter and forms of energy and yeah. quantum questions. Those people are basically toying around in the spiritual realm, but without like a spiritual toolbox. And so if you have more people who are, I think that's destigmatizing religion and spirituality within the realm of science and vice versa, I think is what needs to happen to where well, that was like, wasn't who, like Einstein religious. Like, right, it's like, it's, right. it's kind of, again, it's like, it's kind of a new thing to just act like these mm-hmm. things are like an opposition. Well, if you go over to India, like all their doctors and all their scientists are mostly religious. And I guess that's not saying a lot. And now <laughs> we talked about the Indian yeah, space. Uh, the, scientists, you, the scientists, you mean all their CGI artists? <laughs> They're fucking the, 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 the great, the big lie. Dude, <laughs> the big, the big lie, the big lie uh, wasn't, wasn't something the Nazis did about the Jews or, or Trump did about the election. The big lie is the Indian space program. <laughs> <laughs> the India reboot of Galaga. As a quick, as a quick, as a quick side note, isn't it kind of wild that like they like they like branded uh, uh, the election denial as Trump's big lie? Isn't that just kind of a wild thing? That's tabloid um, shit. That is tabloid shit, and all all of them say it. Uh, well, I mean, not like normal people, like like anchors, like news anchors, like yeah. reptiles, but. Um. Yeah. No. I don't know. Funny. I mean, dude, we pivoted onto politics real quick, and I know that we in the beginning said we weren't going to talk about Israel Palestine, uh-huh. but I had a couple of things that came I'll up across my screen. Okay. Okay. How about this? I'll sneak it in like a Trojan horse. No, style. Go, yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> uh, on the last free episode, we talked about fucking John Fetterman. Yeah, the a black hotep, uh, Mister Potato Head. Yeah, dude, like the bane of our existence. Yeah, um, shout out to Joe for for uh, for posting in our Discord the uh, the race swapped pictures of Hotep Fetterman. Yeah, that's everything. You can count on him to be on it for sure. One hundred percent. 
100 i still yeah, think as a jeff. side note we need to just make him a separate channel because he just he just inundates the chat with his like completely schizophrenic memes i love it though dude i mean i made a meme channel so he's doing it in the right area there needs to be like a joe meme channel but yeah, but but i'm not in there enough to really throw my weight around opinion wise so so I'll, I'll leave it up to the council we could call it like a joe archive just to make it seem a little better like we're not quarantining him there but we're making it like its own specific archive to make sure everyone can access it easily yeah it's like it's like red news <laughs> network oh that oh, actually dude. reminds me that's a side well anyways continue okay well i just have a couple quick things um number one we haven't been doing what's the deal with this broad recently so well yes yeah, speaking speaking of joe he he complained about uh we didn't give um ratings of women deal. and i have to say he has a point yeah we can get to that um well i figured in lieu of a what's the deal with this broad because we don't have one prepared this week we could mm-hmm. do a what's the deal with this guy uh and john fetterman edition because Ooh. Yes. all right we could do we could uh we could also rate his wife oh dude pull his wife up i'm googling it jamie pull, yeah, <laughs> pull up john fetterman's wife yeah 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 this is what my second monitor is for john whoa wife. is she like a she black oh that totally make i mean come on that totally no she's sense. not she's fake black she is dude she's dolezal pilled dude she is dolezal pilled that's great dude what those eyebrows do <laughs> Did you see this picture of him dressed like a mechanic and her in like the Jackie O pillbox hat? Yes, dude. That's right. How far we've fallen as a nation. Yeah, dude. It's like she's dressed to the nines and he's over here looking like a fucking ridiculous. It's it's funny because I kind of said it as a joke, but she's like a perfect candidate for this segment. Oh, yeah, dude. What is the deal with this broad? Honestly, she looks nuts, dude. She She has nuts. She's got the fake tan going, like this fake skin color. I don't know, like what she's going for. I am but... a mulatto. I... <laughs> People don't say mulatto anymore. Yeah, bring back mulatto. <laughs> uh, <laughs> bring, bring, bring them back. Bring back the mulattos. Um, I think this broad is a fucking. I think she's a Guido kind of Guidette kind of kind of thing. Guidette. Here, let's see. Here, let's see. Oh wait, no. What's her name? Born Giselle Barreto. <laughs> she's she's Brazil. Well, okay, she's they Brazilian don't... born, and so they're ethnically all kinds of fucked up. Yeah, that's true. They're like Portuguese. The globalists got them. Yeah, it's so true. Um, well, here's the thing that comes up when you Google her right away: uh, uh, Gazelle Barreto Fetterman, the second lady. Is it of Gazelle like the animal, or is it Giselle? I like Gazelle, but it's probably Giselle. I don't know. Jizz, jizz I don't really like saying jizz. Yeah. Uh, so it's I'm like Jizz Lane out. Maxwell. Yeah, yeah. Um, but she refers to herself as Slop. S-L-O-P. <laughs> the second slop? lady of Pennsylvania. Yeah, Slop. She refers to herself as Slop. Yeah, it's an acronym for the second lady of Pennsylvania. But <laughs> she oh, goes by no. Slop. <laughs> She reminds me of like someone from Jersey Shore, like a Snooky kind of. Yeah, energy. she looks like Snooky. Yeah, it, for those at home, Google John Fetterman wife, or, or better yet, Google her actual name, Gazelle Berretto Fetterman. All right, so well, and, so here and so here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna give, we're gonna give the rating one to ten, and okay. then we're gonna give a, a one or zero on the binary. Well, let me get a good good like broad you know uh selection of photos so i can get a real good actual well yeah, i mean answer. when we objectify women we at least take it seriously yeah i'm gonna bring in all the data yeah no 100 we're like we're like the um oh my god what's the what's the fucking nate silver we're the 538 
of um of rating women we're doing it data-based okay yeah we're gonna we're, we're gonna successfully predict one election and then just absolutely just eat it every time from 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 now on that's so true it's so true uh, okay so i think she's I think from I've taken rio in... de janeiro yeah it looks like it i think i've taken in enough data to make my make my decision yeah i'm probably gonna put her at like a six i'm gonna put her at a six maybe a five maybe a six i don't know when she's not dolled up with the makeup and looking nuts she looks okay but when she has the makeup on and she's going for like the mulatto look she looks nuts and it's like kind of like really off-putting she almost looks like have you seen uh i think you should leave yeah she looks like the woman from the garfield skit oh i don't even remember that one she she's a she's a famous actress. I'm gonna look up her name. Honestly, real quick. I'm gonna give her I'm gonna give her a five, and I think that that's gonna be generous. I think that this is it's it's bittersweet, okay? Because I think this is a case of people generally get paired with people that are of equal uh, attractiveness. <laughs> yeah, you okay? gotta take him into account. <laughs> and, well, exactly. And so I mean, you know, look at Fetterman. I need I say more now? As far as the binary goes, I'll give her a one. You know, sure, absolutely. Um, Binary, oh, would or no? Yes. Is that what we're talking about? I probably would, not with the makeup on, dude. Not with like when she looks like she's trying to make herself look good. She looks she's like a like she's like a Persian merchant. For real, yeah, she looks crazy. Straight up, dude. Um, I think her name, the the actress that I'm saying she looks like, is Kate Burland. Kate. Berlant. How do I spell Berlant? B e r l a n t. Oh, that chick. This chick is. This chick is like. Uh, isn't doesn't isn't this chick like a horrible libtard? Probably, dude. Look Probably. at her and listen to her affect. But well, but so straight up, straight up though, I will say because this chick is like visibly Jewish. Right? <laughs> yeah, big and, time. No, yeah, well, yeah. I'm saying this is like a type for me that I'm kind of mm. into. Yeah, you like the Jewish woman. I, I'm a, I'm into the Jewess for sure. Oh, very nice. They I'm, do have a way of casting a spell. Those Jewesses. <laughs> all, right, all right, maybe we shut it down now. But but I, I'm kind of I'm kind of into it. I'm kind of into it. I, uh, yeah, I married I married Catholic, so you know I mean, you know that's one door that was closed. But um, but you know if I ever remarry, I'm kidding. Uh, but but yeah, no, I, this chick's this chick's a cutie. Yeah, I like I'm, I'm sure she probably Jewish like would want to you know strip me of my civil rights. Probably, I imagine she does, but we don't need to get into that too much, just because we're going based on what she looks like, exactly. and she looks just like Fetterman's wife. But if Fetterman's wife was like more Jewish, yeah, ex- exactly. Shoddy was a little more Jewed up. I mean, honestly, <laughs> like 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 Fetterman's wife probably uh, raised Catholic, knowing that ethnic background. I would um, assume so, but you know, who's to say really? Also, who's um, to say when when you, when it's that fucking hellhole Brazil? You know? Yeah, I mean, it seems like a nightmare. People are living on top of each other down yeah, there. Yeah, I heard she used to date uh, Jair Bolsonaro. Oh, did she now? <laughs> no, <laughs> but, uh, but no. <laughs> anyways, yeah. No, so back back to the main thing though that you brought up. Um, what's the deal with this bro? Yeah, Fetterman, dude. He's been in the news. He's popping off. At Wait, the has he actually been in the news? Yes. All right. Uh, hit me, with, hit, 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 hit me with hit me with the headlines on the fucking Yahoo news page. <laughs> I will. <laughs> okay, I was about to say I don't know if he's in the actual news, but he's in my <laughs> my news. <laughs> At Yahoo, um, otherwise known as the five thirty eight of internet 
browser search homepages. <laughs> I'm actually on MSN. Thank you very much. So. Oh, okay. Yeah, sorry. Sorry. I was mixing um, you up with my grandfather for the third time this week. <laughs> well, I mean, I might have to get on Yahoo, change things up a little bit, keep them on their toes. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, get maybe they'll sponsor Yahoo. the show. Dude, yeah, that'd be sick. That would be pretty dope. But anyways, okay, so he's in the news because he has been vocal supporter of Israel. Has he really? Yeah, in the strongest way possible. Dude, what a little fucking retard. Of course he has been. He's catching a lot of flack right now because he came out and said, quote, now is not the time for a ceasefire between Israel and Palestine. (laughs) 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 Which is maybe the most evil thing uh, you could even say in this scenario. I know, no one made you say that. Yeah, dude, they're not even close. There's not like they're, they're talking about actually putting one together. It's not happening. Anytime He's like just soon. just in case. Just it's like you like show up to your friend's house when they're fighting, you know, like like a couple, <laughs> and you're just like just you know in the middle of the argument, you're just like just so you know. By the way, I like really don't think you guys should try to work this out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. By the way, it's not time for makeup sex. Don't even think about it. Yeah, no, fuck no. You guys should never have sex again, honestly. I mean, ideally not. Yeah, and then divorce, really, and then get into a really long and heated centuries long war of custody <laughs> over your house. Yeah, make your kids hate each other. <laughs> but um, so yeah, he's in the news. He's saying now's not the time for a ceasefire, and then he said, "quote." We must support Israel in their efforts to eliminate the Hamas threat. There it is. So, I mean, that's pretty pretty strong language. Um, just at a time when I thought I couldn't dislike this man anymore, he's okay. coming out. Well, okay, to be fair, all right, to be fair, we don't have all the facts. He may have been having a stroke while he said that. <laughs> he probably was, dude, microstroke. Yeah, he might have been having just a little, you know, kind of like a little uh, aftershock. You know, we had a <laughs> we had an earthquake here uh, last week and, uh, you know, kind of like that, you know, like little oh, yeah. aftershocks of a stroke. Yeah, he's dealing with some leftover tremors. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so, yeah, whoa. yeah, exactly. <laughs> But yeah, he's he's uh, basically the worst human being possible. And then one thing I thought, because I looked at his picture, the article has a very interesting picture of him, um, where he's like he's very gouty looking, like his like his what mouth is like, um, his jowls are very prominent, and he's very sunken, and his skin on his face is kind okay. of like Nixoned up. Yeah, he's kind of, yes, he's Nixoned up, but Shoddy's like he's a little Nixoned up. Yeah, Shotty's a little Nixon masked up, like a spirit Halloween kind of mask going on. But anyways, he looks like the Jewish characters from Harry Potter. The, mixed you kind mean of the goblins a, that own a bank? I mean, let's be honest, though, about what they are. Yeah. We know that's, I mean, I'm not saying that because I think that. I'm the, saying go, that the because, goblins that have a Star of David on the floor of their bank? Right, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm saying that because she got a lot of heat for it. I don't think that's what they look like. I I never saw the correlation. But Dude, sp- speaking of which, by the way, I keep interrupting you, but speaking of which, uh, J.K. Rowling really popping off with her uh, support of Israel. Is she? Oh yeah, homegirl is. You know, <laughs> which is funny because isn't like you know as far as the trans debate goes, like Hamas is not into that. You know what I mean? Like Hamas <laughs> is not. That's that's Israel all the way so true but yeah. here's the thing she also has a lot of overcorrecting to do because of this you know goblin situation that she was working on well for that's a while. that's very true they're like we're not giving you any more yeah you can't fuck up on this anymore on the on the question anymore yeah exactly don't, gotta right. <laughs> don't fail us again <laughs> JK. But yeah, um he looks like he may have a little bit you know 
he looks like he's a mixture of the Keebler elf and the goblins from Harry Potter um, in this photo. And do so, I need to bring? Do should I bring up his Wikipedia page? That's kind of what I was getting at. I, Did you <laughs> bring it up? About way I have not yet. No. All right, real time, it's real time live chat. I, to be fair, I don't think it's gonna. Early life is kind of like an internet gender reveal, but for known celebrities and figures. <laughs> Early life. Uh, it literally says what hospital he was born at. Like, why do I need to know that shit? Uh, to Carl and Susan Fetterman. Um, he sleepwalked while playing football. He sleepwalked while playing football. I think that that's like a metaphor. Like maybe he had um, he had a stroke when he was seventeen yeah, exactly. years old. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, he's probably not. He's probably not. Uh, you know, a member of that particular ethnic background yeah it doesn't seem like it no but that was what my first thought was but then also i realized oh he's just like a neocon piece of shit um and so that's really what it is and and so that led me down a path because another article that i got on my i mean as a quick side note that's the whole thing that is the entire thing all of these people who are put forward as like this is gonna be the guy it's gonna be our guy that gets into the ring and, and spars with trump it was a it was a it was a it was an aesthetics PR battle, but also it was just a way for them to just ratchet forward and just and just fucking fill their ranks a little bit more and a little bit more with neocons mm-hmm. and to just and to just rehabilitate the image of George W. Bush, right? Mm-hmm. Because as because as as the right becomes more populist and more critical of the fucking of the fucking establishment right and all of those things that happened, right? And reckoning with all of that shit. You know the uh, the 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 Democratic Party just does the opposite, right? And so, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, this guy is a fucking two thousand three Republican, except he just like thinks that like you know kids should you know be able to you know be <laughs> castrated, mutilate themselves. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Except 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 unless Hamas actually. is doing it, but you know, <laughs> then we have to you know protect those children at all cost. Yeah, exactly. Which I mean, I think we do actually. No, I, no, not... a female genital mutilation and like pederasty in the Middle East is fucking horrible. Yeah, it's not good, folks. It's not good over there. The situation on the ground is pretty dire over there. Yeah. Um, yeah. But so, anyways. With the John Fetterman neocon kind of in that same vein, um, I saw an article on my MSN curated timeline as well that was about Nikki Haley, um, and it said Israel Palestine shakes N- up. Nikki the Haley, that's um, she's the head of uh, of India's space program, right? <laughs> right? Yes, right. Yeah. Her and Vivek Ramaswamy. <laughs> well, actually, they're sparring right now. They are. Did you see that video of somebody uh, editing them arguing at the uh, debate? And and it was just the audio of the Indian guys going like, bitch, booty <laughs> bastard, bitch, bitch, booty, <laughs> fuck you, buddy. I love that. No, it's, I didn't It was see so it. fucking good. I wish I saw that. Because she's like half Indian for the joke. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Right. Just yeah, in her, case. She, she was born with some super long name with a bunch of consonants in it. Wait, was she? did she actually change her name? Mm-hmm, definitely, dude. Oh, yeah. Her last name was like Rama Ranahanahara or something. Uh, Nikki Haley. Also, remember, like, really fast, remember when, like, John Fetterman got in a little bit of hot water because he, like, held a guy, like, a black guy, like, at gunpoint a few years ago? Um, oh, Nimarata. Nimarata Haley. 
That's fine. I mean, that's fine. You can have that name. That's fine. Yeah, that's a good name to straight have. Straight up, actually. straight up. I respect Vivek more for just straight up just keeping the fucking name. I mean, yeah, dude. He's repping his set. God bless him for his it. His name's not Vinny. Okay. Yeah. It's not Vinny Rom. Or dude, Vinny, he's repping his whatever. set, dude. <laughs> he is, right? He's, he's showing up. He's repping his set. He is repping. Hey, homie, what set you from? <laughs> India. <laughs> the moon, dog. But yeah, uh, so fucking Nikki Haley, I see an article about her. It's yeah. talking about how Israel and Palestine is shaking up the 2024 election. Oh um, yeah. No, they're yeah, all, yeah. they're all hiding their erections. Mm-hmm. And that just got me thinking about how like, um, it's really just going to recenter the political discourse to like foreign policy talk. Mm-hmm. And then that's the way where they can like do their credentializing bullshit where they can be like, Oh, well like, Ron DeSantis and whoever else. Ron DeSantis. Yeah, whoever. These people don't have any history of public, or not public, sorry, foreign relations and foreign policy. They don't have a tried and true history like our vets, Nikki Haley, or like fucking Mike Pence. Like they're going to use it as a way to like do that and try to reshift the focus away from domestic issues to. They don't have decades of experience sucking Israel's dick. Right. Um, And so that's something that just kind of disheartened me because like one article I saw was talking about how Nikki Haley strikes a refreshing chord for the 2024 election. No one thinks that Nikki Haley is refreshing. No. Like she is this more of the exact I mean, Benjamin Netanyahu does. I mean, dude, he loves her to death. Yeah, (laughs) he loves her to death. She's been fucking gassing his shit up and putting money in his coffer and weapons in his basket all her fucking political career, dude. And now, like, okay, if you look her up, it says, like, she's an American politician or whatever, foreign ambassador to UN. What she does currently now is she is a board member of Boeing, like, which is a major defense contract. She's a board member of Boeing right now. Actively, yeah. That's wild. That's batshit crazy, dude. That's and, wild. And that's relevant for my neck of the woods. Oh, definitely. And mine too. We also have a bunch of Boeing stuff. Um, yeah, it's crazy, dude. And so her husband is also deep into weapons contractor and defense contractor stuff. He has he started up some sort of like shady corporation that's like uh, the American Frontier fund or something like that and like Uh. he's got all this just weird connections to all these israeli and american defense firms and so like you're really just kind of seeing like oh this is what american politics is really about we're getting back to it dude america's back the war machine is back on israel's back in the forefront of of american politicians minds and we've got our fucking warhawk neocons ready to pick up the fucking reins we got Nikki Haley, we've got Mike Pence's dumbass, we've got Joe Biden and Kamala fucking Harris. I mean, I don't know. It's really it's wild. And I mean, Joe Biden's over there right now, fucking you know, nodding off, talking about nonsense that no one can understand. <laughs> yeah, walking around, turning around backwards, speaking to the flags. Yeah, exactly. Uh, surprisingly, they uh, they didn't send Kamala over there. Uh, I you know I have no idea why, but. <laughs> Dude, they're not letting her leave the house, bro. No, she's she's a dude. Kamala's a mess. She's done for. I'm so curious to see who they run as the vice president. Do they're they gonna run her back. back. I mean, it's gonna God, be it's too so weird crazy. to not run her. I think. Yeah, it would be an admission that something didn't work. 
instead yeah. of keeping up this facade of like everything's growing great. Yeah, they'll just hide her more. I mean, dude, he's Joe Biden is mentally infirm and they're still going to run him. Yeah. I mean, I thought he wasn't even going to survive this long. Uh, oh, but he man. did. So, I mean, that was a massive L for me. Yeah, that was definitely an L there. I don't remember what I thought on that. I think I was kind of like, I think he's going to make it through. But I, I mean, you were probably die. smart and just didn't make any predictions after like the most unpredictable series of events in like fucking history. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, you know. Yeah, I'm not big on predictions. I'm not, um, you know, I don't know that I really have my finger on the pulse well enough to think that I can chart out the future. Uh, and so... I can kind of just keep to myself and just keep an observation going, you know, keep a little bit of distance and see what I can do to set myself up for what I think might happen. But <laughs> I don't like going on record too much with predictions. That's true. That's true. Well, yeah, I, you know, I'll tell you, I think that, I think that, uh, I think that all of this shit we're talking about here of, um, of Israel and all that, I, I, I think that this is going to be great electorally, for uh populists mm-hmm. um, i think I, so i think it's i think it's one of the best things that could have happened for them um and uh and yeah i mean the, the fact is is that most average americans understand that we should have nothing to fucking do with the middle east yeah um and um you know one of the big things is just that there's a huge generational disconnect Mm-hmm. Um, the generational disconnect is a huge thing. I mean, I think uh, somebody was posting uh, the other day just about like uh, basically favorability percentages among different age groups. And it's like it's like a clear it's like a clear, clear majority among uh, baby boomers and then just down and down and down favorability towards Israel. I don't know if I said that um, oh, Okay. down and down and down until like millennials and, and especially Zoomers just like it's like 10% or something, dude. It's like, nobody fucking likes Israel. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, you know, I, I'm sure that, I mean, there's stats guys that are, you know, probably going to be making a killing like they do every time around. But I mean, it's just, it's just, it's going to be interesting to see, um, to see how that, that shifts things. Now, you know, I will say again, I mean, who are the two people we're always talking about, right? The two people we're always talking about, is RFK Jr. and mm-hmm. Big Dawn, right? Yeah. And RFK Jr. and Big Dawn are both pretty much zogged up, right? Yeah, dude. So I don't know. It's going to be interesting. Now, I mean, the only person I really see that's running who's not completely zogged up is Vivek. Yeah, um, I don't. He's on the Indian shit. He's whatever that is. <laughs> I, I <ogged> up. <laughs> he's on. Well, so and so, I you know, I don't I like Vivek as far as just like a guy who who makes good talking points, like or makes good points in front of a camera. But like, I don't really know if I trust a guy. Dude, no, he's slimy. He's bro. slimy as fuck. Now, having said that, I mean, it's not like, you know, it's not like uh, Trump isn't slimy as fuck. I mean, he's super slimy. Yeah, dude, that's one thing that I was going to say before you even brought it up is that like you said it's going to be good for populists. And I think that it could be good for populists if they make the right stance. And if they use this, like if they use this as a a time to break away from the establishment and show like, okay, I'm not actually completely in on all that shit. Like that would be, I think what resonates most with people 
who are tired of the like Israel kept Palestine conflict, tired of being wrapped up in forever wars, that kind of thing. If someone was just like, listen, that's none of our fucking business. We need to stop giving aid to like a worsening humanitarian fucking crisis. We're not giving aid, giving weapons to it and pouring fuel on the fire. We should have like a empathetic and graceful approach of being like, we need to work towards a ceasefire. We need to provide food and not ammunitions. We need to provide healthcare and not weapons, stuff like that. Um, I think that is obviously the correct take, but then you have people like fucking RFK who just can't make the right take here. Like they, they're just zogged up, like you're saying, and it's like, I don't know. It, it seems so easy to me to just step out and be like, listen, whoa, that's not actually what we need to be tied up into. We're throwing a lot of money away. We are creating global atrocities. Like, I mean, that's did you see this hospital that got bombed? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's yeah. horrible. Yeah, I don't know if you saw they did a they did a they did a press event of like the the director of the hospital or some doctors or whatever, and they just like did it like in the in the fucking rubble of the hospital, mm-hmm. just surrounded by dead bodies. And wow. honestly, I was like, dude, that goes so fucking hard. I actually kind that's of effective. That. Yeah, yeah, that's dude. super effective. That's big time. Didn't everybody that's saying it's like, oh, either Israel hit it. Or like Hamas just has these absolute dog shit cardboard ass missiles. Oh my gosh, Wallace is just walking in here because he hears me talking about Hamas. What's up, little <laughs> He's man? like, I'm a part of that. <laughs> yeah, he's like, Inshallah, my brother. <laughs> hey, he's got that little. Uh, he's got that beard. You want to lay down? All right, get the fuck out of here. All right, good. Get the um, fuck out of here before I beat you. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, before I beat you to death for burning my childhood home down. <laughs> Um, oh, no. yeah, I don't know, man. Well, I've got one quick thing to close it up because I, I got to kind of get going soon. Cause I got some packing and stuff to do before. Oh, tomorrow. you had you hitting the roads in? Yeah. Tomorrow morning we we're leaving. We got three shows over this weekend. Um, Very nice. so yeah, but, um, I got a couple of things I've, it's spooky season. It's Halloween time. So I've been watching some horror movies That's right. and yeah. I watched, um, Halloween one, uh, which I like. It's a yes. classic. I'm always watching. I watched Wes Craven's New Nightmare. Okay, is that a that? newer one? No, it's from like the 90s. Oh, um, okay. It's it's a nightmare. No pun intended. Like it's not a good movie. It's it's yeah. Not Wes good Craven's not great. No, and this one's like a very meta movie where it's like he's in it and he's acting as himself, and then all the actors from the previous movies are also in it playing themselves. And then they're like making a new movie and he's writing it throughout the movie. And the stuff he's writing is happening in real life. It's not a good movie. It's very, very goofy, very cheesy. Um, But anyhow, I also watched a newer spookier movie um, from Stephen King, which I mean, that man's fucking completely. Yeah, I mean, dude, just his, just his. Uh, I mean, the scariest shit he's ever written is his fucking Twitter feed. Yeah, Twitter timeline. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but he he put out this movie, The Boogeyman, this year, um, and I was watching that. And was that about it, Trump? Yeah, it's the orange man, <laughs> the, 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 the the devil or the demon, the kind of the bad creature is orange the whole time, and he keeps like <laughs> having this weird hair swoosh, and you can't really figure out what it is. And he's always just like um, posting funny shit online. Yeah, he's just got like a really fire Twitter presence. <laughs> but anyways, in the movie, um, someone's mom dies 
and there's a girl and her first immediate thought is a seance. And in that I realized if you look back at any movie or like anyone, you know, in real life, and this ties into the Wiccan stuff we were talking about earlier. Sure. um, That your wife is into, it's always broads that are trying to do some sort of Ouija board shit. Oh yeah. They're always fucking it up for everybody else. Yeah. It's always broads that are the fake mediums or like real mediums or psychics or whatever. Mm -hmm. You never just see a bro or a dude out there. That's like, you know what? I want to go talk to my dead fucking relative like that's just not you don't see that happening um and so i was just thinking like that's a weird kind of phenomenon that i've never feminine chaos dog yeah is it feminine chaos feminine intuition what like is it being like closer to like under the veil like what what is that um that's something that's there though it does it tie into the serial killer and murder fascination and that kind of thing too um kind of what yeah well, i was thinking about what that is and then i thought of a kind of a funny bit which is that of course the first thing that a woman thinks of when someone dies is how can i get in touch with them so we can still gossip <laughs> <laughs> but i thought that was something i could try out real quick <laughs> <laughs> do they like get a ouija board and they like they like get in contact with like their like dead relative and like the first thing they want to know is like if that like bitch they like gossiped about last year is like up in heaven yeah, yeah. is janet's bitch ass up there i know she should be in hell <laughs> oh my god brad um yeah i don't know man so 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 what is it it's like camille paglia says uh 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 women well no no this isn't even paglia uh it's just like dude women have women have chaotic ass uh genitalia <laughs> yeah uh, like it's a fucking mess down there Right. And uh dude, I don't know, man. They're just they just they just can't leave well enough alone, you know. Mm, feminine responsibility to express chaos. You know, I've never read anything about this feminine chaos now, but I just Googled it and I'm, I'm it's seeing a thing. It. Mm, okay. It's yeah, it's it's authentically like a it's like a thing. They like they represent like a like the archetypal chaotic presence as opposed to men kind of being the I mean honestly, like one of the examples that I think of in contemporary culture. I mean, you don't hear this anymore. Right. But like, I remember growing up, my dad being like, you know, I don't think a woman would make a good president. Cause like, what about if she's, you know, like on her period? Well, yeah, of course that. Yeah. <laughs> of course. that. I mean, yeah, well, I, I mean, obviously that. we've all thought this. <laughs> yeah, everyone's thought that anyone with any sense of rationality has thought that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they're, they're a little caught up in their, in their emotions and feelings. And I guess that it's kind of a chaotic energy. It's but a little I, bit of a chaotic energy, yeah. I guess now that you're talking about it, it is kind of like an uh, age-old archetype. Like some of the earliest um, like tribal religious traditions and shamanistic traditions talk about how like for a long time there was a matriarchy actually mm-hmm. and women kind of held like the spiritual and the social power uh, in a significant way. And then like a lot of these different tribal beliefs, they have stories of like, some have somehow wresting that away because it was like these these tribes have like folklore warning about the longhouse basically yeah and then they end up in it anyways um but yeah yeah there's just a lot of uh well think about think about think about eve right mm -hmm. oh dude yeah think about lilith think about yeah yeah, i mean it's it's like it's all over the place 100 percent, dude so yeah Hmm. the feminine 
the feminine um it's like the more open flowing chaos kind of thing in masculine's more of like the kind of like stricter um driven orderly lawful orderly yeah better you know <laughs> yeah just better smarter uh, more, more rational better, better thinking faster, stronger uh, <laughs> better all things <laughs> Jeez. that's a good way to end the episode i guess yeah there it is dude <laughs> these people are sick I'm telling you this is obviously a very very wrong. sick individual these people are the sickest of them all these people are sick they are sick and you better get used to hearing it These people are sick.